We begin with the Tokyo Olympics. Table tennis rising star Lin Yunru has sealed his berth in the semis of the men's singles event. After coasting through his quarter-final match against Slovenia's Darko Jorkic, the 19-year-old won handily in four straight games. Earlier in the day, the queen of badminton Dai Ziying made it to her first-ever Olympic quarter-final by defeating Frances Qixuefei in straight sets. Dai has now won all three of her group matches in the games, which means she's headed straight to the quarters. Here in Taiwan, 18 Olympians and their coaches made their triumphant return after competing. They included Yang Yongwei, who bagged Taiwan's first medal last Saturday, and Taekwondo athlete Luo Jialing, who won Taiwan's second medal last Sunday. Taiwanese weightlifter Guo Xingchun made history in Tokyo on Tuesday, winning gold in the women's 59-kilogram event and setting three Olympic records along the way. But her path to Olympic glory has not been an easy ride. Born into an underprivileged household, Guo had to work twice as hard to advance in her sport. Now that she's an international champion, she doesn't think twice about helping out the less fortunate. Finally, we've waited for this gold medal for so long. She finally won it after five years. I'm feeling very emotional because it's been such a long, hard journey. Guo's high school weightlifting coach, Pu Yaling, burst into tears after receiving news of Guo's triumph in Tokyo. She says Guo's road to gold was paved with hardship. The Olympic champion was brought up by a single mother and was a considerate and well-mannered child. When her mother became unable to pay the mortgage, they moved into a laborer's dormitory. As she was growing up, Guo had to work hard to get scholarships for school fees. When she was 15, she came to the National Taidong University Affiliated Physical Education Senior High School. All her expenses, such as tuition fees, registration fees, and even her living expenses and her family's, all of that was covered by athletic scholarships. Guo made her first foray into weightlifting when she was a student at Baosang Junior High School in Taitung. Back then, she thought of lifting only as conditioning exercise for track and field. She also dreamed of becoming a basketball star. All that changed when she competed in weightlifting at the National Games and won a gold medal. That turned a new chapter for the budding athlete. Coach Shang Yi saw it in her, saw her speed when she was playing basketball. She saw that speed and figured that the small girl was capable of explosive strength. So, coach got her into weightlifting. After glimpsing raw potential, the coach had Guo get serious about lifting. Now her name is famous across Taiwan. But what's not so well known is how she got that name. She was born with an umbilical cord wrapped around her neck and almost died. Her given name is a pun on lucky to be alive. <laughs> Under the care of the medical team at the hospital, thanks to their attentive care, she was saved. That's why her name is Guo Xingchun. Her mother said she was a survivor, so she called her Xingchun. The first time she got Olympic prize money, she donated some to our hospital to buy an ambulance. After her trials and tribulations, Guo has now made history. Those who know her say she gives back to society whenever she has a chance. She often goes back to her alma mater. Actually, I got my start in weightlifting at Baosan Junior High. Of course, when I have some time, I come back to my old school. The resources here aren't so good, relatively speaking. So I think Baosan Junior High really needs our help.
as a child, Guo sometimes went to bed hungry. Now, as an elite weightlifter, she understands the value of a balanced diet. She says that after retiring from her sport, she wants to open a breakfast shop in Taidong so that local kids can stop by for the most important meal of the day. Today, Taiwan announced 18 local cases and no deaths as the national vaccination rate approached 30 percent. The health minister announced that people waiting for their second dose of Moderna can now register online. As of yesterday, the system has been open to people who need a second dose of Moderna. This option to get a second dose is available only to people who have already received one dose. We are not allowing vaccine mixing at present. People in the first three priority groups, as well as pregnant women, will need to wait 28 days after the first Moderna shot. All other priority groups will need to wait 10 to 12 weeks after the first shot, before receiving the second dose. As of 1 p.m. Wednesday, 8.3 million people have used the government's online vaccine registration system. Nearly 6 percent, or 500,000 people, are willing to receive the locally developed Medigen COVID vaccine. Minister Chen says Medigen may be available as early as August. Students at Taipei Fuxing Private School have created a COVID data website that makes easy sense of pandemic numbers. Students at the junior high started the project in May when Level 3 forced them into remote learning. With the support of teachers, they made user-friendly diagrams for COVID case numbers, as well as a searchable map of vaccine centers. COVID hit Taiwan for real in May, with hundreds of cases emerging a day. Two months later, and the numbers are greatly reduced. Meanwhile, a group of students has produced a website that helps organize all the data for easy access. This is the Taiwan COVID-19 real-time geography data site. It tells you how many cases were recorded each day, as well as the age range with the highest death rate and the ratio of male to female patients. Everything is arranged in population pyramids, line graphs and other diagrams that make the data easy to understand. You'd never guess it was the work of junior high schoolers. We decided we would do it on about May 20th. At that time, these students in the team were in 8th grade. I taught them how to sort the data, how to use GIS to analyze it and things like that. We took it all step by step. So we spent about two months to get it set up completely. It was our first time doing such a big project, and it was remote learning, so in communicating, we experienced lots of problems. But luckily, in the end, we were able to produce this really awesome result. I had to report on the progress I had made to my team members straight away, because otherwise they would be held back because I was stuck on some place. The students were led by a team of teachers specializing in public health, geography and data analysis. They were studying medical maps in May when the pandemic worsened, and they could put their knowledge straight to use. Over the last two months, they collected a lot of data and, with the help of analysis by teachers, managed to construct the basic design of the site. 
Aside from case data, there's also a map of vaccination centers. Type in your address and you can find your nearest center. We hope that the general public will be able to grasp the latest developments on the vaccine in Taiwan in a fairly objective, up-to-date and visually simple manner. The students relied on open access data from the government. URI could always look it up for ourselves, but now there's an easier way. Thanks, kids. President Tsai Ing-wen has signed up for the waitlist of Taiwan's Medigen COVID vaccine. The president made the announcement Wednesday on social media. She wrote that her administration would only provide the public with safe, effective and legal vaccines that met scientific standards. She says she herself would be taking the Medigen vaccine. The vaccination rate has already surpassed our target of 25% by July 31st. And we have added our domestic vaccine to our list of offered brands. Yesterday, I completed the process of vaccine registration. I selected the domestic vaccine on the preference list. Not only that, the vice president may get a domestic vaccine too. According to the presidential office spokesman, Vice President Lai Qingde is leaning toward getting the vaccine developed by the Xinjiang-based United Biomedical, which is still under review for emergency use authorization. Academia Sinica has raised its GDP growth forecast for Taiwan from 4.24% to 5.05%. That's in line with other major domestic think tanks, which have raised their forecast based on growth in global demand for Taiwanese products. Although experts at Academia Sinica see strong momentum ahead for exports, they say the pandemic will dampen domestic consumer spending. We predict that in 2021, GDP growth will reach 5.05 percent. Morgan Stanley is optimistic about Taiwan's economy this year, projecting growth of 6.6 percent. The Academia Sinica said it's also feeling positive as it raised its economic growth forecast for the year. Returning Taiwanese investment and developments in 5G in both the new and old economies are both vigorous drivers for growth. In addition, international trade is continuing to rise and scale new heights. Supported by the teleworking economy, orders for tech products and optical instruments have risen 40 percent. Taiwan exports remain strong, rising for the 12th consecutive month in June. However, domestic demand has softened under the pandemic. Academia Sinica lowered its projection for consumer spending growth, taking it from 4.17 to 2.05 percent. In June, retail revenue fell by 13.3 percent, the biggest drop since 2000. After the COVID outbreak in mid-May, the government instated the Level 3 COVID alert, banning dining in at restaurants. People went out less, which had a considerable impact on domestic demand. It caused furlough numbers to climb. I think that the sooner stimulus vouchers are handed out, the better. Many industries have been dealt a huge blow. As for how much should be issued in vouchers, I think that as far as the state coffers allow, the more the better. But experts say that before vouchers are issued, aid should go first to hard-hit industries to warm up Taiwan's domestic demand. High school students finally sat the first day of their national university entrance exams on Wednesday. The test had been postponed twice due to COVID and are now being held under strict public 
health guidelines. And the pressure is on for this group of test takers. They will be Taiwan's last group to take the exam in its current form. Starting next year, the college entrance exam will be in a different format, making it more difficult to retake the test. A huge crowd waits at the entrance. It's the second day since the COVID alert was lowered to level two, and also the first day of Taiwan's college entrance exams. Parents and students alike are a bundle of nerves. This year's exams were already postponed twice due to COVID. Test takers say they're worn out physically and mentally. It put more pressure on us because we had to wait longer. Originally, we thought we could get it over with in early July, but in the end, we had to wait another 30 days. If you put too much pressure on yourself, you might end up bursting. For these students, the stakes are especially high, as they'll be the last cohort to be tested on their curriculum. Starting next year, the format of the exam will change, with tests spread out over two days instead of three. Students will also have to provide a document on their academic achievements. This means that for this group of teens, resetting the exam will require a big adjustment. This year's exam is held under the most stringent public health guidelines to date, informed by Taiwan's Level 3 COVID protocols. Previously, each examination hall had to be capped at 42 people. Now, that's been lowered to 20 and desks must be spaced out by at least 1.5 meters. Of Taiwan's 2,125 examination venues, 107 have been set aside for students who need to be isolated. About 8,000 invigilators will be on duty at test sites, 90% of whom have already been vaccinated. To reduce crowding at exam venues, the College Entrance Examination Center has arranged boxed lunches for all examinees who want one. Those students can also bring their own meals from home. Also this year, parents and family won't be allowed to accompany the students to cheer them on. Some parents say they can't bear to have their kids go at it alone. Yes, I worry about what could happen in there. If anything happens, there's no way for me to help him in an emergency, so I can't help but be a bit worried. Of course, we might have some small concerns about things happening, but I actually think that at this point in life, it's time for the kids to face challenges themselves and grow. Outside the exam site, two parents were seen holding hands and praying with their son. Day one of the exam is physics, life sciences and chemistry. And this year's physics exam is set to be the hardest in five years. This year, a record low of just 40,000 students will be sitting this last edition of the advanced subjects test. More than 20% of the examinees are resitters, a record high for the exam. Power consumption soared to a new high on Tuesday. Thai Power says peak consumption reached a record 38,844 megawatts Tuesday afternoon as sweltering heat sent people reaching for the AC remote. Even so, the operating reserve stayed above 10 percent, supported by robust hydropower generation. Upon arriving at work, the first order of business is switching on the AC, not just in the boss's office, but for the entire staff. There are five air conditioners in total, plus dozens of computers, mainframes and servers. In the summer, it all comes out to a hefty power bill of more than 10,000 NT. The other day, I felt that the AC wasn't cold enough. We keep it at 25 degrees, but that doesn't seem to cut it anymore. So we adjusted it to 24 or 23. 
Level 2 started Tuesday, and now most remote workers are back in the office. That, combined with the sweltering heat, has pushed electricity use to new heights. Just before 2 in the afternoon on Tuesday, power consumption surged to 38,844 megawatts, a record high. But the operating reserve remained adequate at just above 10 percent. Typhoon Infa brought a considerable amount of water into reservoirs both in the north and south. Currently, hydropower conditions are much better than they were in May, and that is supporting the grid. Today's energy supply situation is similar to yesterday's, so there shouldn't be any problems. Thai Power says the power supply is stable, despite a malfunction of Guoshan Nuclear Power Plant's number two reactor on Tuesday. Following an investigation, officials said it was an accident. An employee had moved a chair into an acrylic plastic cover, causing a steam isolation valve to close and the generator to trip and shut down. Thai Power has submitted an incident report to the Atomic Energy Council for review. The Atomic Energy Council will follow up with inspections as the reactor's normal operations resume. The loss of the reactor took 985,000 megawatts of power off the grid. Following an investigation, the Atomic Energy Council approved the restart of the reactor at 11.40 p.m. on Tuesday. Police are receiving an increasing number of requests for criminal record checks from people taking on part-time work or switching jobs. In a bid to make ends meet, many people are taking on extra work, and they are often required to submit background checks to do so. Last year, the police received roughly 20,000 requests for such checks over the course of the year, but that number looks to be even higher this year. At the front counter of this police station, people are lining up to fill out request forms. They are all here for the same reason, to apply for criminal record checks. I work for a cram school. The Ministry of Education is making a list of those to get vaccinated, so I need to get my criminal record check to get on the list. Aside from cram schools, another industry where vaccines are a must is food delivery. It's hard finding a job right now. These food delivery platforms offer work to the average Joe. That's a great thing. Switching careers or working part-time as a delivery worker or taxi driver requires applicants to present criminal record checks. In the first half of this year alone, authorities in Jianghua County have received over 10,000 requests for such checks. In 2020, we received over 20,900 requests for criminal record checks. In the first half of 2021, we've received more than 11,500 requests. So there's an upward trend there. Requests for criminal record checks are on the rise, especially over the past two months when pandemic restrictions were increased. On the busiest days, police are now processing up to 200 such requests. Lithuania's national broadcaster has run a special show on Taiwan after Taiwanese showed their passion for Lithuanian products. Following Lithuania's donation of 20,000 doses of COVID vaccine to Taiwan, Taiwanese people stepped in to make their gratitude known with their wallets. From donations to charities to purchases of Lithuanian alcohol and chocolate, the European country is getting showered with appreciation. This show by the Lithuanian national broadcaster is dedicated entirely to Taiwan. After Lithuania donated 20,000 doses of AstraZeneca to Taiwan, there's been a flood of gratitude coming to the European country. 
Lithuanian products have been snapped up by Taiwanese buyers, and Lithuanian charities have been inundated with donations. YouTubers are in on the Lithuania love too. International couple Mila from Poland and Sky from Taiwan encouraged fans on Facebook to express their thanks in the Lithuanian language. Their video ended up on the Lithuanian TV show, which ignited a storm on social media, with lots of celebrities singing Taiwan's praises. I noticed that people were saying online, Taiwan isn't the only country Lithuania donated vaccines to. I never expected Taiwan's gratitude to be so big. No other country is the same. Taiwan's creative ways of saying thanks are growing famous worldwide. A popular Lithuanian brand of chocolate was so overwhelmed with purchases from Taiwan that it had to suspend online orders. Orders from July 24th to 25th won't be ready for shipping until August 20th. Even this owner of a Lithuanian bar in Taiwan has felt the love. I've sold loads of these. I had to keep taking more and more out of the store. I didn't expect to sell so many. I couldn't use them during the pandemic. I brought out all my special treasures. I think it's fascinating. Everyone has gone Lithuania mad. Suddenly, this wave of interest in Lithuania has swept across Taiwan. Taiwanese people are very honorable like that. You can feel how we find ways to pay people back when they have stood beside us. The bar has been closed due to COVID, but its owner says he sold tens of thousands of bottles of Lithuanian drinks. That's probably more than one bottle per shot of vaccine. A good deal for both sides.